Hey, hey, After Buzzers, this is the first after show for American Princess on Lifetime. What happens when a diva goes to medieval times? We're going to tell you all about it right now. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, 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 After Buzzers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first after show here at After Buzz TV for American Princess on Lifetime. I am your moderator, Carla Renata, and I am joined by one of our panel members who is Haley J. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited. We've got two episodes to break down today. Yes, yes. Oh, and let me just tell you guys, we have two other members, Taylor Gates and Kelsey Hightower, who are not with us today, but they will be here next week when we break down all the deets then. But me and Haley gonna get into it, honey, because it, <laughs> yes. it was two hours. It was two hours of shenanigans. It didn't really feel like it, though, which I think is a good thing, because we're didn't feel into like it. it the whole time. It didn't feel like it, but I'm not gonna lie. When it first started, I was like, mm, I don't know about <laughs> know about this show right here because it started out it started out very much like one of those little fluffy lifetime movies and i was just like "Mm, i don't know if i'm here for this but very (laughs) but very i'm not gonna lie but very quickly my mind was changed so what happens is when we first meet amanda she's about to get married and she's, you know, got on her little Monique Lillier dress and she's all, you know, about to do her thing. And she's trying to talk somebody. One of her friends, her little friends are doing their selfies. And, you know, she's got all these friends that are into their little selfie culture. You know, she's a Jewish American Very princess. on brand. Yep. Yes, very on brand. <laughs> and so her fiance butt dials her phone with a FaceTime video and she doesn't see it, but her friends do because she had the phone upside down toward the floor so that she didn't want bad luck. But <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. That little superstition did not work in that moment. So she finds out. She hears the sounds. She jumps out of the 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 place where they are, goes to him, and she finds some other girl. Um, for lack of a better way to say this, sucking on her fiance like he's a lollipop. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> Carla, what would you do if you walked into that on your wedding day? Yeah. I, Can you I, say what you would do on After Best TV? Yeah, I can't. I, I pretty, I probably, I probably would punch him in his throat first. And then I would probably do what Amanda did. Because Amanda, when she saw that, she took home girl and threw her up against I a wasn't piece of furniture. That. <laughs> she threw her up against a piece of furniture and she and we I thought she was dead. Didn't you think she was dead? I was like, what did she spit out just now? Because she spit out blood all over Amanda's Monique white li- Monique Lily oh, dress. God. And I thought, oh, she's dead. I'm like, ooh, it's gonna be a murder mystery. And then I was like all in because I thought it was gonna be a murder mystery. But it wasn't a murder mystery. Like, are we on the wrong lifetime channel? Is this the murder one? I, like, child, it went it went from okay, now we're gonna we're gonna start out with light and fluffy lifetime movie and now we're getting into you know a murder mystery time i'm like what is happening and it was like it was like she... angela lansbury murder she wrote it right. went from fluffy to, to murder she wrote i'm like what is Plot happening twist right real quick and then they said she swallowed her tongue I'm like yeah. they uh they, they didn't found spare out gross details on that one for yeah, us like so when she she eventually calls her friends when she gets in touch with her friends after the fact she finds out that what well, she saw before she talked to her friends that there was some article that 
<laughs> made her look really bad. He called her Bridezilla and said that she, you know, took out this buxom girl at the night before the wedding. And, and so then she talks to her friends and her friends are like, listen, we didn't share anything because they're all about that selfie social media culture. They're all, we didn't share anything, but, you know, we did find out that she, you know, bit off her tongue and then she swallowed it. I'm like, okay, that is gross. Which brings me to this point. Up until that moment, I was kind of like, I don't know about this writing, but the writing for this show is really smart. It's really smart. It's very funny. It's very acerbic. And it's totally right up my alley. I really like the mix of the medieval times is, you know, all the way back in history. And no one really acts like that mixed with a really nice, tasteful mix of what's happening now, pop culture and the hashtags, even the funny sexual jokes here and there. I really like that banter back and forth. And then the FaceTime that brings you back into reality when you do find yourself getting lost in that world with Mm -hmm, her. I do mm -hmm. like that back and forth balance there. Let me back it up just a little bit. So I neglected to say that after all all these shenanigans ensue, Amanda finds herself... She's running away. She doesn't quite know where she's doing. She's doing the runaway bride action. And she ends up at this medieval renaissance fair, which she thinks at the time is a themed wedding. And she finds out real quick that it's not a themed wedding. It's actually a renaissance fair where people dressed up from like, I don't know what century that is, like Shakespearean times, right. I'll say. And everybody's talking in that Shakespearean um, di- uh, not dialect, but, dialect, you know, yeah. Doth and... Um, Indeed, and I can't even think of all the words, but I was kind of there for it because I'm not really, uh, I'm, I come from the theater and I don't really know that much about Shakespeare except for what I've read about Shakespeare or the few plays that I have read because I haven't read all of them. And I know the ones that everybody else knows, Hamlet, Much Ado About Nothing, um, The Taming of the Shrew, you know, basically the ones that at some point have been turned into a musical are the ones that I know. But she goes to this Renaissance fair and it is just pure comedy. And did you find this interesting, Haley, the fact that when they when they were off the clock, so to speak, they would just talk in normal tones? I liked it. I felt like I, as a viewer, might get annoyed if they were constantly keeping up that act. And I think it shows us more of who they are as people. So we can see her making that connection with David and not Sir Humsalot. Is that, <laughs> yes, is Sir that what his name is? His name was Sir Humsalot. So I'm I like, do like to hilarious. see them kind of break that character because for me, that's how I develop the connection to the character yeah and, a, a little bit more real and i did like how it started because when you go when the first i would say 10 seconds of american princess it looks like amanda is giving this testimonial like maybe she's doing a youtube video or something and then you realize very quickly she's getting a manicure for her impending wedding and then we talked about everything else it was just hilarious even in that monologue it's very telling of who she is as a person where she feels like she needs to put on the perfect face the perfect everything the everything needs to be planned to a t and it all comes crashing down on her but i think what we're loving about her in this medieval world is how she's slowly learning that i i especially like the line that david said to her where he called her out kind of maybe the person you're pretending to be out in the real world, maybe you're more yourself in this world here. So yeah, I think that was that's cool to telling. see her. That was very developing. telling. Speaking of lines, I, there was a bunch of lines I liked. There was <laughs> there was this one line where I think it was Prunella said to her, who's who her her character name is Delilah. Um, she <laughs> who's played by Mary Hollis in Bowden. And she's Asian. Let me just back it up for a second. <laughs> Let's just talk about the fact that usually when you see 
anything that's dealing with medieval or Shakespearean times, there are no black people. There are no Asian people. There are no Latin people. This is a very diverse cast. I like that, though. (laughs) I love that. So I said all that to say that my girl Mary, who plays Delilah, a.k.a. Prunella, has this line where she says to Amanda, food and sex, make him think you like both and you'll have a happy (laughs) marriage. I'm like, okay, that or was it was she did she say that or did her mother say that? I don't know. But speaking of her mother. No, I think she said that. She said that. (laughs) And speaking of mothers, I was all in for the fact that Leslie Ann Warren was playing her mom. See, I'm not familiar with her character, but I or as an actress. So let me. Oh, good. So I can I can educate you about (laughs) Leslie Ann Warren. So this is when people gonna find out how old I really am. So anyway, um, Leslie Ann Warren came to my attention when I was a little kid. They used to put on a around Thanksgiving time. They would show a. Drama, dramatized version of Cinderella with a little bit of music here and there and Leslie Ann Warren was Cinderella. Oh. And then cut to most recently, a lot of people will know her from playing uh, Terry Hatcher's mom on Desperate Housewives. Oh. And they'll also know her from, there was a movie called Victor Victoria and she played... I forget her character's name in that, but she's freaking hilarious. And she was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, wow. I think her name was Lorna. I think her character's name was Lorna and Victor Victoria. But she was nominated for an Oscar for that role. So she's been around for a minute. She doesn't It's been really exciting for you to see her. You sound like you're kind of following her career path there. Okay, I'm a huge Leslie Ann Warren fan. Okay, and not for nothing, but sidebar... I was at a friend of mine's house. Um, my This friend of mine had like a bunch of people over impromptu at the last minute just to hang out. And Leslie Ann Warren was there. And so me and her were like sitting in the corner just, you know, kicking it and talking. She actually told me about this show and I didn't remember until we started watching it. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, man, I wonder if I could get her. And then I ran into her like on a red carpet or something. And I was like, hey. Yeah, that'd be awesome if we could talk it, to her. It was pure. I would love to have her here. Hopefully um, we can try to make that happen between, yeah. you know, the Booker's here myself but and speaking of other people that I know Dione I can't remember Dione's last name did I write her whole name down but Dione who was the one of the black people in the black blue and white outfits you know medieval people that they were the ones that just showed up for fun right they yeah, said they didn't the ones, actually work which there made me laugh. <laughs> that made me laugh that there was a couple and they spoke better Queen's English than the ones that worked there which was hilarious to me. Do you know what I also loved about that is I'm not trying to get so deep into things sometimes, but it was really cool to see this whole idea of adults still wanting to play. And I think that's a big thing where we lose that sense of playfulness as you get older. And it was like, this is a world that is so attracting to them because they they get to just pretend and have fun. Like they can pretend back to that like core of enjoying something. Yeah. And And, I mean, even those that weren't working, they can just experience and dress up. And I'm like, how cool is that? Like, and and just live their best life. Right. You don't need a purpose sometimes. Just enjoy it. They must have a real good uh, retirement plan. I'm just saying. I was looking at the food (laughs) from medieval times because I do things like that. And (laughs) we we should do that as like an experiment. Can we just go to a medieval fest? Oh, girl, all we got to do is go to the OC fair. Oh, the chicken legs. Because if you go to the OC fair or the Los Angeles fairgrounds, they have these turkey legs that are big, that are taller and bigger than my entire body. They're huge. Let's like, go, girl. Oh, that, those I mean, ch- for research, you know, for the yeah, show. Those turkey legs scare me, though. I'm like, what kind of turkey did this come from, really, though? See, I can't think about it, too. We'll just get on yeah, the booze at the same time, and then we won't 
won't be thinking about where the turkeys. That's from. true. Oh, yeah. but anyway, <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a segue away from that turkey lady for a minute. But Dione recurs has a recurring role on General Hospital, oh. and I just saw her last week on General Hospital. They do this big nurses ball thing over there, so I saw her on that, and her character. Her character is, she says she's Lady Jenny Miller from Rochester, which I thought was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like, not only does she have a lady, but then she has a first and last name and she has a province that she's from. That made me laugh out loud. And it also made me laugh out loud is when Amanda first meets Lady Jenny. It's in the convenience store. And she goes, excuse me. When she said this line, I thought I'd holler. She goes, excuse me, may I get a do of the mountain? She's like, where did I miss that? She That's said, amazing. She said, may the I get a do of the mountain? mountain? I laugh. That's why you heard me laughing. I was laughing because I heard that. Do of the mountain. Can, she, can we use that? She said, can I use it? She said, may I grab a do of the mountain? I was like, oh, they're going to go in. And it's funny. Um, one of the other characters that I thought was really funny is the chick that plays the queen. Mm. So, and this is another thing about the show that I love. I love the fact that with the show, you have these, you have a plot within a plot going on. Yes. So you have the queen being the queen when it's the Renaissance fair, but when the Renaissance fair isn't happening, then she's being called by her real name, Maggie. And, and Maggie likes to uh, get a little down and dirty, we've Maggie seen. Maggie <laughs> is a trip. She Matt. likes the younger guys. Well, I guess from the one guy that we... I like that episode, too, really led us into her life more. So we mm-hmm. see to everyone else, she's this powerful queen, but then she's still and then Sir Colin, so hurt by this one Yeah, Sir, Sir Colin. Colin shows up. and With his younger girl. Like, who's that girl? Do you see I her? Like, she's yeah. wearing, like, high-waisted shorts. Like, yeah, what are you like, doing? she's 12. I'm like, what are you doing? That was a little creepazoid. I'm like, what are you doing? You, he's doing way too much. too much. I also love the fact that they had... It makes sense that Amanda, of all places, would end up at a Renaissance fair because she's a English major from Vassar. Right. With a little bit of Shakespeare knowledge. That worked out perfectly. And we see her trying to prove herself of how intelligent she is, how deserving she is of a great job there. Mm -hmm. And they just don't care, which I think (laughs) is refreshing to her in a weird way. It's like she hates it. And I I wrote this down because I love the way she described the Renaissance Fair. She said it's as if super horny nerds were designed to... What did... Designed an amusement park. So I'm like, that is pretty much what it is <laughs> of, is what it of is. all their comments. And it's if this were anything else and you hear a guy making comments like that, it would be, be like, not what okay. are you doing? But in yeah. this world, it's accepted. in this world, anything goes. And but n- not that anything goes, but in that world, you're dealing with a very specific place in time in history. So because of that, they spoke a certain way, they behaved a certain way, they treated each other a certain way. There was no hashtag me too during the medieval right. times. There was no hashtag me too during any Shakespeare play that I've ever seen. All of the women are very buxom. They're very full figured. You don't ever see anybody in a Shakespeare play that is like a size two ever. They're always very buxom. You need to make those tips. Yeah, they got to make that. That would not be my job. They got to shake. I'd be like, hey. I would be dropping the bag of beef brisket and you'd be like making the tips. You would be Amanda and I'd be like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, By the way, we need to think of our medieval names. I was thinking that the whole time. Like, what would mine be? I don't even know. I have to think about well, that. Yeah, we'll get back to that. We'll get back <laughs> Good on you. That right. was great. We d- but what I do love about the young lady that plays Amanda, her name is uh, Georgia Flood. And she's. you have some information about her, don't you? Yeah. So I was curious myself, and I figured a lot of people out there, this being a new show, might not know who Georgia is. She's actually, you, were, you knew that she was from Australia, but she's well-known, apparently, in Australia. She's a big deal there. But this is more of her introduction to American to television. American television. Mm-hmm. And I think if she's done so well in Australia, I, mm-hmm. I mean, you can see her obviously doing a great job so far, but I'd like to see where this show can take her 
And uh, I think she's on her way to good things. She's funny. She's witty. She's really funny. She's she. First of all, she's she's very pretty. She's she's a very pretty. That helps in L.A. (laughs) Right. She's very pretty. She's very petite. She's got spot on comic timing. She can even pull off the, you know, I'm frustrated cry without looking like she's trying too hard. She's very gifted and very talented. And I think she's the perfect person to play this role in this show. And speaking of which, this show is produced by Jinji Cohen, who's known for Glow, Orange is the New Black, and Weeds. So her sense of humor is a little crazy and off-kilter. And the woman who created the show is Jamie Denbo. So between Jamie Denbo and Jinji Cohen, the show is always going to be a little crazy every episode, but I'm down for it. Because it, after a while, it started to have that same kind of feel, that same kind of humor, that same kind of draw that orange is the new black has Mm -hmm. that makes you it keeps you invested in what's going to happen next as opposed to getting up and going to the bathroom and grabbing a snack (laughs) like i can miss (laughs) this moment i do want to point out probably a good time now we're speaking about jamie so um fun fact the show is based on jamie's actual life and to break it down a little bit more Jamie ended up, um, she found herself at a Renaissance festival. She was there by accident because she thought she was auditioning for, she said this was before like Google and the way auditions are set up now. She thought that she was at a Shakespeare audition in the park and somehow got lost within this world. And um, (laughs) that kind of created the basis of the show, which I thought was really cool. You know, it's always, every time I meet, a creator, a showrunner, a show creator, or a writer, and someone is in the audience asking them, you know, what was the impetus or how did you decide you were going to create this show? And people always, almost always, say that they created it from their life. You just write about your life. And it's been proven time and time again with these shows on television or that are streaming or that are on cable that the ones that resonate with audience the most are the ones that have some type of honest relevance to them and they have an honest relevance to them because it's based on some type of truth. Absolutely. I think even when you're watching something lighthearted where there's a lot of scenes in this show that you know aren't relatable but we're still seeking that connection in some way. So to target that place of feeling, I think that's what we love about TV. It's like you can connect to it. You feel something when you watch it. Yeah. The thing that made me connect to this was definitely the writing. There's a moment where Joanna's mother says to her, I can hear your eggs cracking. I'm like, oh, that is just cold. <laughs> and how relevant, though, are <laughs> as you get older, if not from your mom, but society saying, do you want kids? Do you want all these things? So I, I like how they snuck that in there, because I'm sure a lot of people can relate to how annoying that is to hear oh, a lot of women. It was That was hilarious. And then they keep... they. And when you were talking about the sex stuff, there are such crazy sexual things that are happening. Like there's that stump that the queen is bopping the hump stump. The, the hump stump. Yep. There's that going on. You've got a lot of masturbation going on. Like there's that one scene where she wakes up and the girl says, uh, Delilah Prunella says, she said, "In there, any?" She said, "There's nothing better than waking up to the stroke." Of your own strings. I'm like, oh, I cannot. I really like that we both wrote that line down because <laughs> that made me laugh. That was amazing. <laughs> was I'm so sorry. I, I can be so comfortable with someone, but I'm not trying to wake up to them doing that. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, but I'm, she didn't seem like she was scared it, off by it. She wasn't necessarily comfortable, she but she was, was like, eh. she was kind of like, she's like, oh, this is nasty, but okay. <laughs> we see her fighting with this world, yet being still so fascinated to want to stay because no one's forcing her to be there. And we see her rejecting it, but still 
realizing slowly that like, okay, my friends aren't really that great. My mom and sister want me to, I was so upset for the fact that they're like, oh, forgive Brett. Cause we broke down in the beginning episode. Brett's cheating on her. And yep. this guy's like, just, oh, sorry, babe. He's obviously a pig. He's on, you know, his, the honeymoon. He leaves her. He doesn't seem to care. And everyone in her inner circle is just telling her to move on. Whereas she feels more like she has family in the couple of days that she's been at the fair. And her mother and sister lied to people and said, oh, she's in, she's at a rehab. Right. So for reputation, so, you know, to save face for the family and for her. But she had her out. Her mother, well, her sister, yeah, her mother and her sister show up at the Renaissance Fair, which I'm still, they said how they found her, but it happened, they said that so quick that I didn't glob onto it real fast. But they find her at the Renaissance Fair. That's how they end up finding Amanda. And Amanda has that moment where she she can choose. She They're not holding her hostage there. Right after she the can, chin insult. Right. <laughs> she can either go with go back with her mom and her sister and, you know, have insults hurled at her from her peers and constituents, or she can stay at this Renaissance fair and get her groove on with David, who seems to really like her. Yeah. She moved on kind of quick, huh? I was surprised by that. She seems to really like David, Dave and David, but I think she likes David because David calls her out on her stuff. Like she was engaged to somebody that didn't necessarily call her out on her stuff and probably treated her like the princess that she thought she was. Hence the title American princess. But David treats her like a, a normal ordinary human being that he would just, you know, let him have it. And he tells her, he tells her like it is often, like he says, you use drinking as a coping mechanism. Like he basically calls her out as an alcoholic. I did want to ask you that. How serious do you think we're going to see her drinking be? Do you think it might wash over or Mm -mm. do you think this is going to be a big plot? I think that's going to be a big plot twist for her because they, they mentioned it and kept uh, cutting to it several times and they showed that her doing that oftentimes would lead to something that she didn't remember that she was responsible for like she didn't remember putting her finger in oh. David's nipple ring <laughs> yes. and then tripping and falling hence ripping the nipple ring out and then he ends up with an infected nipple infected nipple it just like brings I, me pain hearing this <laughs> she he ends up with this infected nipple she feels really bad once she remembers has the flashback where she remembers that she actually was responsible for it and then she goes to get a job at the bar where she's supposed to be shaking her non-existent tits right <laughs> to make more money and she has she put she strings the money up and says get thee to an apothecary i think which is the the medieval word for a doctor so I love the fact that she I love the fact that they had her string the money up with these pins as opposed to her leaving it on a bed and him finding it that way. I love the fact that her new roomie kind of like dressed up her part of the room to try to make once she made that decision to stay, her new roomie made up her room and made it a little more comfortable, more a little more princess like for her. But then of course, Prunella being who Prunella is, she had to throw, you know, <laughs> A dildo a little, in there. A treat. <laughs> a dildo in there. We don't know if that dildo's been used or not. Ooh, I'm just saying. We'll let you guys use your imagination on that Because it looked very similar <laughs> to the one that she was using on herself. So I'm just, that's why homegirl dropped it on the ground. I'm going to drop it too. I'm like, yeah. Mm, yeah, I'm going to need you not to be giving me that as a gift. You don't need to be that generous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need for that to be having as a gift. But I just want to read what 
the official description of the show is just to make sure that we covered everything. So it says, stunned by betrayal, Amanda runs off to find herself stranded in the middle of a renaissance fair with no phone and no way home. Amid the bizarre surroundings, Amanda has an unexpected awakening and impulsively decides to become the newest member of the fair. The fledging watch-in-waiting quickly develops new friendships, rivalries, romances, that much to the confusion of her family and opens her eyes to new beginnings. And I think that's an adequate way to describe the show because she is experiencing new beginnings. She's experiencing people being honest with her for the first time in her life. She's experiencing being honest with herself for the first time in her life. She's experiencing this whole sexual revolution that I don't even think she was aware of. I mean, people just haven't... When they told her that folk were having sex out in the open on the hump stump, she was like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she seemed like generally, you know, surprised by that. So this is a whole new thing for her. The way they're eating is a whole new thing. The way they they drink is a whole new thing, you know? And even pointing out when she was getting consoled on her, her friend's chest, she was like, why are you being nice to me? And this is the first day I've met you versus the people that were supposed to be my wedding. I can't even get them to focus on a phone call. So you see her start to realize where real relationships and how it feels to have someone actually care about you versus just this perfect life persona that her friends at home and her family seem to be putting on her. I'm waiting for the episode where her friends come to the Renaissance Fair. That would, I think that'd be really fun. I'm waiting, <laughs> I'm waiting for some of the friends or all of them to come to the Renaissance Fair, and I bet you a couple of them are going to end up staying. You I think, think? Oh, yeah. I think, and I'm going to tell you which ones it's probably going to be. It'll probably, probably be that, that guy friend of hers will probably end up staying, and the one with the red hair will probably end up staying. I think those two might be the ones that end up staying because they're the two that I could see would get the most out of being in that environment. The other ones are just way too flighty for me. Right. <laughs> what do you think about all the use of hashtag this and that? I think it's kind of funny when they do this. It's so funny. They're hilarious. I it, And it just goes to show you, and I think it's a smart show for this reason too. We do live in a culture right now where everything is so, it moves so fast and everything has such a huge focus on a hashtag or post or streaming likes or likes or followers or being first with the news in any shape, form or fashion, that this is a situation where it doesn't matter. None of that matters. It's like a freedom and escape in this world. Right. None of that matters. It's a freedom and escape in this world. And then once you go outside of it, but the funny thing is they go outside of it within the confines of that world, but they're still not concerned about, you know, what's on Instagram or who's doing what on Facebook or who's what the trend. Should we go? No. Or the trending. (laughs) But that's the, and that's exactly the point. Or what's the trending top on Twitter? We shouldn't, but we are. We have become a culture that is obsessed with likes and followers and popularity. I had a situation happen to me just a week ago where I posted two things I posted. One, I posted about an appearance that I did on another show, and I got met with um, some racist comments some really bad racist comments. I don't even want to repeat what they are because I don't want to give it that kind of energy, yeah, but it was bad. And it was bad to the point where my friends came to the rescue for me online. And, and, and this person eventually got blocked from like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And then not only did this person get blocked, but they, their account ended up being reported and the account, he, he eventually deleted all the posts and then deleted his account. 
the, the day right after that, I posted a comment in a thread and this was a big lesson for me. So what I did, I didn't know the term snitch tagging. Didn't know what that was. I've not heard of that either. Oh, let me, let me, let me enlighten you. Let me educate you, okay. sister. So <laughs> had just learned about the, the term snitch tagging, learned about um, the fact that when you respond to somebody in a thread, you respond to everybody in the thread, not just the person that you're talking to, mm-hmm. right? And there's a little button that allows you to uncheck all the other people if you just want to make your comment toward that one person. Oh, okay. Right. You learned something, know that. right? No. Yeah, I didn't know that even until last Sunday. I know now. But what happened was I responded to somebody in a thread and got clobbered. People were coming for me, both barrels blazing. It was over a movie, over a movie, it was so bad, Haley J, that that commentary and that conversation was the number two trending topic on Twitter. The number two trending topic on Twitter between and it, you, between okay. me and all these other film people, and it became it was like a fight, and it went from it went from me trying to encourage someone to see the film to it becoming a personal attack on me. That is such disgusting behavior. I just like I don't know. Who thinks to go, first of all, out of their way to write something so negative to someone they don't even know, especially when it's like on someone's skin color, you know nothing about this person and you're going to choose to try and hurt them so deeply. Like, I, I think there's no excuse for that. The only thing that gives me peace of mind is thinking that there's no way this person saying this is coming from a good place. Like, there's no way they're living a oh, happy no. life. There was definitely, they definitely were not coming from a good place. And between that and the other thing where it was like, it was literally like African-American mean girls coming for a sister. I'm like, what is happening right now? And I am the nicest person. I'm all, anybody that knows me, even people here at the Afterbus Studios, people will tell you, I'm always trying to help somebody. Yeah, I mean, you're better sweetheart and I just met you. I'm just saying, I am always trying to help somebody. I'm always trying to pay it forward i'm that chick so for somebody to come at me and accuse me of being anything other than that was very hurtful and then i had to put it into perspective these people don't know me at all these are strangers that have nothing else and this was happening on memorial day so it's memorial day and you ain't got nothing else better to do than to use your thumbs to insult somebody else no that's what i mean by coming from a good place just mentally like you know they're not happy people to feel the need to reach out and just be so negative and cruel to someone they have no idea who they are and that's the unfortunate part of you know the business more so that we chose I feel like we'd probably have to deal with that more than maybe the average person but you see things like this happening all the time so just reflecting back to her in this medieval world I feel like Amanda's probably even her friends when she was FaceTiming them they said you know you did get a lot of like sad faces people on your side which is hard to get like it's still all in this world exactly and it's Exactly. Exactly. And which it's funny, they think her world is crazy. Right. How crazy is this world, though? Exactly. To the point where, um, with my situation, when I went off the page to talk to the person that I was actually talking to that I knew, this person's response to me was, Oh, I was, and I said, I'm so sorry. I was just trying to encourage you to see the film. And this person's response to me was, Oh, I was not prepared for my newfound popularity. And that's the problem. popularity from whom? From a bunch of strangers that you don't know? That's why Amanda's story, just to swing it back around to the show, that's why Amanda's story is so profound and relevant with this show, American Princess, because it really does shine a huge spotlight on 
how we should be using social media and, and, and all this technology that we have at hand to not bring somebody down. Because in her case, too, they used it to bring her down. That article came out like instead of a, instead of somebody trying to keep that at bay, someone fed an outlet somewhere to print that article about, you know, her impending fiance giving a blowjob and what did it do and they called her bridezilla like she was at fault for her fiance even her sister saying take ownership for what you did right (laughs) so how is she the victim when when her fiance has somebody else's mouth on his lollipop i'm just saying and i think we seem to be the only ones that in the viewers i would hope see her Mm -hmm. side i think that's Mm -hmm. why she feels like she has to escape and maybe the medieval fest is a little out there but that is her only place where she feels like people get her where they're like yeah that guy is an asshole don't go back to him and yet the people that she that's that's probably a hard pill to swallow growing up and thinking the closest people to you don't actually have your best interest in mind absolutely and let's just address this for a minute because i can't let this go either so when she finally did facetime her fiance (laughs) he was on that screen and his lips looked a little green brown like we both looked at each other like, like was he sunburnt? Are we like I was like, what is that on his mouth? And then we see this girl in the background kind of get up and walk away. I'm like, did he have shenanigans on the like, Right. At first I thought she was a mistress and then I guess they were just trying to make the idea that he in fact he's took a dog. their vacation, their honeymoon. He is a D-O-double-G. I was like, what is happening? I couldn't I but I was I was like distracted by the color of his lips. Like I could barely, oh, no. I don't even remember what he said because I was so distracted by the, the color setup of, his of lips. that FaceTime, how cheesy it was. It's like a bad <laughs> driving scene where you're like, the car's not actually moving and you can tell it's one of those like so cheesy, but that's kind of also what I love about the show at the same time. And I love the fact that David lives, David works at this Renaissance fair and he lives in this really crappy trailer, which actually kind of reminded me, remember um, the first season of Grey's Anatomy? I never watched. You know, okay. So I was a big, huge fan of of Grey's Anatomy, and in the very first season, McDreamy lived in a trailer, mm-hmm. and him and Meredith would often meet and talk in front of this trailer. When I saw that in American Princess, I immediately was brought right back to to Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was interesting to me is that he was like, "Yo, could you keep it down?" Right. I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to take see, a nap. And most people probably don't <laughs> talk to her that way. Like, hey, I'm trying to nap. <laughs> He's like, "I'm trying to take a nap," but I love that he he and and I also love the fact that he calls her out on her privilege. He's like, she's like, you really should get that looked at. He's like, yo, I don't, I, I don't have, I don't come from the life you come from. I don't have, you know, a doctor on call or whatever. And she mentioned that a few times, back where I'm from, back where I'm from. And then, like you said, he really had no shame in putting her in her place and saying, look, princess, this is not where you're from. Things are different here. And I think there's a part of her that really does like that. Well, I'm looking forward to what happens with it next. It comes on again next Sunday, and it won't be a two-hour premiere next Sunday. It'll just be one hour, I believe. But the previews look pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen when they come back. Um, We do want to know what you guys also think, so please feel free to rate and comment, because clearly we have a lot of... Our minds keep going back and forth of all these things that we're thinking of. So let us know what you guys think. Join the conversation, and maybe if you have some medieval names for us some ideas yes, that'd be great that too. would be fabulous if you have some medieval names for us if you um if you watch after buzz and you love after buzz you know we cannot do this without you our fans so please 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 go to youtube give us some love
love. Like us there. Comment in the comment section. We will comment back. Why don't you go to iTunes and Spotify? Give us some likes there so that we can keep the conversation going right here on After Buzz TV with American Princess. That is based on the true story that ended up changing creator Jamie Dimbo's life. So, having said that, me and Miss Haley J are going to get up out of here. Next week, we'll be we will be joined by our cohorts, Taylor. And what's the other child's name? I had Kelsey. And Kelsey, right. thank you. Ooh, I'm tired. So. I, this is the third show I've done in a row. I'm like, woo! <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah, it's been a long day. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. Um, where can we find you across the social media You can platforms? find me on Instagram and Twitter at HeyJ, H-A-Y-J underscore. Cool. You can find me, your girl, Carla Renata, at The Curvy Critic across all social media platforms. You can also find me right here at After Buzz with the GH Report at 6 o'clock. And prior to that, at 5 p.m. over at Black Hollywood Live doing The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata, where I give you all the latest film reviews and film news. And next week, I will have an interview there with Ron Howard, Opie, Richie Cunningham, talking about his new documentary, Pavarotti. So until the next time, join us right here, same bat time, same bat channel, to talk about American Princess at AfterBuzz TV. Peace. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.